G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. In this podcast, we're aiming to put occupation in occupational therapy. We explore the people, topics, theories and underpinnings that make this profession so incredible. If you're new here, you can find all of our previous episodes and resources at OccupiedPodcast.com. But for now, let's roll the episode. So, I was listening to one of the latest episodes of OT and Chill with Kwaku, uh, a, a brilliant podcast if you haven't listened to it already, uh, does little series of podcasts uh, on certain topics. His current series, or the, the start of this current series, is around occupational science, which is right up my alley, and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, and he had a guest on who is fairly high up in like an occupational science Europe group or something. Um, I apologize, I can't remember her name. You'll have to go and check out the episode. I might even put the link for it in the show notes for this episode. But there was a few things that she was saying that kind of triggered me, I guess. Like one of the things she was asked whether or not every OT was an occupational scientist. Uh, and she said yes, and I thought, well, why do half the OTs that I've met not really understand the concept of occupational science if they are an occupational scientist? And I started thinking about it, about whether or not I believe that every OT is an occupational scientist, and I've come to the conclusion that I, I don't think that we are, but I've also come to the conclusion that I don't think that we actually have to be you see i think that to get to the core of it you kind of need a little bit of background about what occupational science is and what it's there for when the profession first started it was essentially built on this assumption it was built on this pattern that was recognized that when we engage people in doing things that their recovery increased or sped up whether that was mental health or whether we want to look at framing during the war and post-war rehab and that kind of stuff, there was a pattern recognized that when people engaged in things, at the time it wasn't recognized that they had to be meaningful and purposeful, etc. Well, purposeful, yes, but not meaningful. But when they engaged in activities, when they engaged in occupations, their recovery was better. They made better strides, they made bigger strides, and everything worked out for the better for the individuals involved. We, at the time, weren't necessarily aligning ourselves with a medical model. We weren't trying to uh, align ourselves with any other profession, really. Um, but throughout history there came a period where the medical profession itself started to really focus on the scientific underpinnings of what it was doing. This became a trend across a whole heap of health professions, including our own. But rather than trying to find our own scientific backing, as with other professions, we kind of just went along with the medical science underpinnings and tried to fit what we do into their science, medical science. 
You'll see there's a period in OT's history as a profession where we became very medicalized. We became very prescriptive. We became very reductionist because we were using this medical model, this medical scientific underpinning as our own underpinning. And throughout that period, again, there was a couple of different phases within that period because there was a few large world events that you may be aware of where people fought in wars, etc. That kind of helped shape our profession. But it became blatantly aware, in hindsight anyway, it became very obvious that we were drifting away from that initial why the profession was started in the first place. We became very medicalized. It wasn't until the late 80s, uh, right to the very early, early 90s, like 90, 91, um, when it was realized that we were moving so far away from it, we kind of lost our way as a profession, and we really needed our own science. We needed our own underpinnings. We couldn't be using the underpinnings of a completely different profession and expect to be our own individual selves. And that's where occupational science was born. Uh, a group of academics who I, some of them I have interviewed on this podcast. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about that part of it, but it's important to understand what it was there for. It was there so that OT could justify itself uh, in what we do based around us working to our core root values that the profession was started in, in that we engage people in occupations and their health improves. That's the basic assumption of our whole profession in a nutshell. So, do we need to be occupational scientists in order to be occupational therapists? And I pose... This example to you. I know some of you may not be car people, but bear with me. My car blows a head gasket. For purpose of the story, you don't actually even have to know what that is, so don't stress. There are a couple of options. Now, I can take that car to someone who has the knowledge around how those things work, what they do, how to fix them, etc., etc., Consider in this example, that would be an occupational scientist. Someone who has that real in-depth knowledge of the underpinnings of how that concept works and is able to utilize that concept to improve someone's health. Now, option number two is I could take some instructions. I could watch some YouTube videos from people who have practically used that skill, i.e. changing a head gasket, and I could do that myself. Now, when we look at the results, is the head gasket going to get changed? Let's assume that I'm tech savvy or like tool savvy enough that yes, the result is going to be the same. Do I now class myself as a mechanic because I followed some instructions and changed my head gasket? Most definitely not. Even though I got the same result as a mechanic, I'm not a mechanic. I don't understand 
what I barely understand. I don't wouldn't even be able to tell you what it's actually made out of or what its purpose is, etc., etc. But I could do it by following instructions. All right. Now, relating back that back to OT, the majority of us are taught models and assessments, and the majority of us can follow those instructions and get good results. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? How many of you actually have gone through and read the underpinning research that went into developing a model or an assessment? I would say quite possibly no one listening to this has ever done that. To the point where if I say, okay, you're looking at this standardized assessment, who is it standardized against? Most people couldn't tell me because they haven't looked at that. They don't have that underlying knowledge of how the sausage is made, essentially. They know it works. The research is there. It proves that it works. All the research is there just to say, yes, this is effective with this population. Yes, this is how we did it. This is standardized. Most people's research literacy isn't quite even strong enough to be able to tell how that actually happened. But we have trust that the research methods, which are also, ironically, researched for validity, we have trust that those research methods and that the peer review process that resulted in that evidence being published in the first place is rigorous enough that we can trust what that paper is saying. So when a paper says, this assessment works... I trust, even though I don't understand the full process that it's actually been through, I trust that that means that this is valid and really good source of evidence that I can use in my practice. So, do we need to be occupational scientists? Technically, no. Technically, 99.9% of the profession aren't. If you don't have that underlying scientific understanding of essentially how things work, not just the fact that they do work, then how could you class yourself as, I guess, a scientist of sorts? There's not saying that there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Like, there's plenty of people that are giving amazing benefits to their clients using the evidence and the knowledge that someone else has developed. Whether they completely understand it or not, the benefits to the clients, similar to me changing my head gasket, is the same. You are helping people. You are getting people back doing what they want, need to do. You are engaging them in their occupations of choice. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. My thing is just that I don't feel that we are all occupational scientists. I also don't feel that we all need to be. Now, would it be of benefit if more people had a deeper understanding of occupational science, whether that meant to the extent that they could be classified as an occupational scientist or not? Uh, I'm easy, take it or leave it, but would it benefit to have that deeper understanding, even if what you're actually doing 
was exactly the same with your clients, was exactly the same, would you benefit from understanding that process at a deeper level? A hundred percent, I say yes. Take my mechanic example uh, again. The result was the same. Would the mechanic have done it probably with far less swear words, frustrations, and probably a lot less time? A thousand percent. Why? Because he understands the nuance and the process of doing that even more detailed than I could gain just by following the instructions. And the same goes for our therapy. If you understand the process, if you understand the nuance, if you understand where that came from, where that assessment, that model came from, how it was developed, who developed it, what were their opinions on on therapy, on life, on the world, understanding that level of depth can really assist you even if you're doing the same thing you will have a much better understanding of the results and being able to interpret the results than you would have just following the instructions i hope that that's something that people i'm happy to field questions if people seem to disagree with that statement it's something i do feel strongly about I'm not trying to recruit anyone to get into occupational science. I have my level of knowledge of occupational science. I still don't believe that I understand it to a degree that I could honestly classify myself as an occupational scientist. I also have never done any research into the field or added or contributed to that field from that research perspective, um, which is something I do feel is important if if you're going to identify as an occupational scientist. You kind of need to do the science, I guess. Um, But that, again, that's just my opinion. I know plenty of people that identify without actually having done research, per se. So, please do comment, message me, email me, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you want. If you have any questions, you disagree with my explanation, there are tons and tons of examples where I feel like it may benefit, especially around understanding who models and who assessments were standardized against, being able to increase your research literacy to be able to understand at least that level of knowledge around the tools that you're using would greatly benefit who, not necessarily your actual process of, uh, I guess, utilizing the tool but who you might be utilizing it for and whether or not it's actually the right tool for that individual so there are definite arguments either way that's my opinion on it i feel free please do go and listen to kwaku's episode as well um i also had a similar conversation with him uh, last weekend and that episode should be coming out about about this topic and uh, quite a few others that are, are relating to it including values and values assessments etc that should be coming out soon i will let you guys know when that one is out Um, but yeah get in contact if you have any queries questions complaints uh want to know the meaning of life why fish don't breathe air blah 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 whatever it is hit me up let me know i am here to help you guys out in any way i possibly can so thank you again for your support and i will talk to you guys in the next If you liked this episode and want to check out more, head over to OccupiedPodcast.com. 
or search Occupied Podcast in your favorite podcasting app. If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you got some value from this and you want to help us out, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and always keep occupied.